Oral Fix Podcast, Season Three, Episode Number One. We will not be held responsible for any hearing impairments or damage caused to you from excessive exposure to this sound.
Welcome back, Oral Fix Podcast listeners and now watchers. I'm Henry Diaz, your host. You can find the Oral Fix Podcast video on Vimeo and YouTube. Just search for Oral Fix Podcast. Oral Fix Podcast is a weekly social commentary podcast for the gay and lesbian community, especially those of you who are geeky at heart as well as paranormally uh, intrigued. Oral Fix Podcast, for the first time, is doing video, so bear with me. (laughs) I am still trying to find my way through this. (laughs) It's going to be an interesting podcast. Oral Fix Podcast can always be listened to on its blog, www.oralfixpodcast.com, where you can find exclusively the archives episodes from one to season two. So go to www.oralfixpodcast.com and download all the content you want while the giving is still free. (laughs) Oral Fix Podcast is also available on facebook.com forward slash the Oral Fix Podcast as well as stitcher.com forward slash oral fix. You can hear Oral Fix Podcast while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. It's a free news talk mobile app available for your smartphone. And when you download the Stitcher app to hear Oral Fix Podcast, you have a chance to win some money. Mm, ooh la la. Downloading is quick and easy. Just find Stitcher in the App Store. It only takes a few minutes. Uh, well, excuse me, seconds. And then during the registration, hit the promo code box and enter the promo code ORALFIX, no spaces, to get automatically entered to win $100. The latest episode of the show will be waiting for you in your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows, too. Always available to you, on demand, no syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio. Don't forget to enter the promo code ORALFIX when you register. The ORALFIX podcast is being sponsored by Stitcher Smart Radio this week. So, I highly recommend it and suggest it. I use it Stitcher all the time, and I just to listen to all my other podcasts as well. And it's you don't have to download anything; it just caches on your mobile device, and you carry it with you, and you can listen to it, you know, in little chops and pieces whenever you want. Because you can hit the pause button, and it'll bookmark the place that you're at, so you don't have to fear you know, losing your spot on the podcast and having to download the whole entire thing, cache it back on your uh, mobile device. Just because everything is also being uh, monitored and uh, bookmarked on their servers. So let's get into our show. 
Uh, I have to, I guess, give a little exp- explanation why it has taken so long to even do a season three. I have had a lot of changes since the last episode, which we featured uh, Jackson Wheeler, porno star, <laughs> also known as Christopher Ash. And um, let's see, uh, I had to move. Uh, what else happened? We had this new format that I needed to get down. So that took an interesting long time. And in the process, I here on the East Coast, we had like this flu epidemic, which hit me. Yeah, healthy old me. <laughs> and uh, what else? Um, had to adjust to living life now with a roommate, um, a smaller setting. Uh, thank you, recession. <laughs> and um, I had an interview with Bruce Hart from Old Dogs New Tricks, who is our guest for uh, this episode of the Oral Fix podcast. Um, and uh, gee, uh, I felt like the whole entire season three needed a new, well, the whole podcast in general needed a new facelift. Uh, so that's why I introduced video. Um, it was hard for me to get over the sickness because um, it went from flu to several other things, which I'm going to spare you. Um, and I had to, it was just like baby steps. And for those of you who are paranormally in mind and who love the Go Ask Alice section, um, you'll probably resonate with this. You know, I, I, I think I talked about the alignment at one point, uh, the uh, the Mayan calendar. I know Bruce and Bruce Hart and I, we, we talked about that a little bit uh, <laughs> during uh, the pre-recorded uh, interview. Um, and, uh, I you know, the Mayan calendar, a lot of Hollywood people were saying that uh, a lot of the media, the hype, that the world was going to end on the 21st of December 2012, and it didn't just like I predicted here on this show. <laughs> and uh, and with that came, you know, this alignment of our solar system with the center of the galaxy. And that included all the planets and our sun um, in our solar system aligning with the center of the galaxy. So in short, um, it's called the alignment, the shift. And uh, it happens every 56,000 years. And vibrationally speaking, and sensitive little oh my, um, was very affected by it. And um, it's, like I said in previous episodes, it's a reset. Uh, it's And that's what happened. Everyone got resetted, and there was some type of upgrade that happened. And we were all affected, including yours truly, Henry M. Diaz. So... Uh, that's why it's taken this long. And we're in March now. And uh, dear me, oh my. It's, a lot has happened since uh, I think it was November when we had the last episode air when, with Jackson Wheeler. So um, let me see if I can get through all of this and get it into the show. Um, uh, oh, I forgot to mention. There was also a new... Um, endeavor that I launched uh, in between all of this, and that's Divination by Henry, which is a new YouTube channel. 
um, and series that I've dedicated only for uh, my tarot reading and divination. So if you're up to it, I'm going to link that channel to the show notes. And I'm also going to try to link that somehow and work it in with Go Ask Alice. So uh, it's been been received by the general public very well. So if you'd like to check out the show notes at the end of the show. Um, all right. So my favorite show, Fringe, ended. And that was a tragedy. And I'll talk more about that in the next episode. And now I am like in touch with the mo- the new series Touch by Fox. So if you haven't heard about it, I'm going to turn you on to it. Um, and season five of RuPaul's Drag Race started and I am kind of feeling it and not feeling it. And it's not, it's not the same. And I have to say it's very crutchy. And if you haven't watched it yet, um, go watch it. Uh, it is kind of funny because it's like mostly young queens kind of bringing down the older queens and a lot of fierceness. And I'm going to talk about it in another episode. <laughs> you know, I did have to get in that, um, get in, give you the, you know, the, the, the fill in on my TV life. Um, now, old dogs and new tricks, which I'm going to talk about just a little bit. Uh, and Bruce Hart and I had this interview back in December before I got sick. And I really thought I was going to have the uh, this episode up and running as well as um, the video uh, version of it. And it was very hard, uh, very challenging, um, just because there was a lot of snap foos. And now um, I have it down, as you can see. <laughs> and uh, there was... Um, you know, I was supposed to have it out by January so that it would have made it in time for Old Dogs and New Tricks Season 2 uh, when, it, when it aired the first episode, and it just didn't happen. So um, it started the the series, Old Dogs and New Tricks. Um, for those of you who are interested, uh, Old Dogs and New Tricks, Leona Cord, creative uh, a producer and creative writer for the show, had... Um, uh, been on the show at the beginning of season two for the Oral Fix podcast. And then the whole entire cast was on uh, towards uh, the middle of the season uh, two of the Oral Fix podcast. So now their season two has started. And um, if you listened and or watched the first season, you know, it was like the hottest thing on the web. I mean, it was some like you know, if you're into older guys and then you're into just, you know, queer anything, then it was the hottest web series for me online. So um, now they're making their way back on season two with a, a little slow start, but a very funny and punchy start. Um, and now they're into like this whole wedding phase where Nelson Van Eddy. Oh, I'm not. Wait, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Just watch. <laughs> <laughs> the chip for chat <laughs> interview with Bruce Hart, and you will see. But um, Greg Luganis, it's this season is just packed with a lot of stars, um, some gay, some not, 
And um, I think you guys are in for a treat who are, are just new and are listening to the Oral Fix podcast and don't know anything about the uh, old dogs and new tricks. And for those of you who have not yet watched any of the old dogs and new tricks uh, uh, series episodes, it's time for you to tune in. Okay, so let's go to a break. And when we come back, we'll get into some chip for chat with Bruce Hart, and he's going to take it away. Welcome back. That was Maroon 5, One More Night, the Calm Trues remix. I love Calm Trues. Something about his electronic music is so butchy and sexy and so is Adam Levine. <laughs> I found that one on SoundCloud.com. I would like to remind old listeners as well as the new listeners that any music that is featured on the Old Fix podcast can be found on the show notes. Uh, a link will be provided to a free downloadable copy of the track. So if you like any of the music on any of the episodes on the Oral Fix podcast, go to the show notes, get your fill, and download your music. Most of the times it's free, and sometimes the track will be available for a you know, a good price, 79 cents, 99 cents. What's the going rate for an MP3 today? iTunes, I think it's $1.29. But I promise you, I will give you a great deal if it's not free. <laughs> and usually I'm not charging. It's the artist that's charging. And, you know, good music, good art, it needs to be paid. All right, so let's show some love to Bruce Hart. Let's get into some chit for chat. Hello? Chip for chat. Who is this? 
And here we are, Chipper Chat, with Bruce Hart of All Dogs New Tricks. Hello, Bruce. Hey, <laughs> thanks for having me tonight. It's <laughs> quite exciting, you know. <laughs> All this modern technology, you know, we pretty much don't actually even have to date anymore. We can just do everything right from our homes, right? And think how safe that is. <laughs> and, and, and we can reach out and touch one another. Mm-hmm. Now, I was saying earlier, this is about the, how they had sex in Barbarella with Jane Fonda. By the way, I love that movie. I like it for all the wrong reasons. I don't like it, actually, because she looks like a drag queen or any of that. I like it for the colors. It's it's just that saturated, high-key color, you know? And it just, I don't know, there's something about it. It's a movie that looks almost good enough to eat all the bright colors. <laughs> She's less ashamed of it now than she was. So... I'm sure she was, but I, she, you know... She's oh. doing a sequel. Oh, she is? No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, everyone's doing a sequel these days. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> Speaking of sequels, are you doing any sequels <laughs> lately? Uh, I have, um, you know, I did a movie called Homewrecker a few years ago. Did, uh-huh. did you know about that? Yeah, we were up for a sequel. And um, we kicked it around. We even had an idea, and we actually owe a sequel to the uh, distributor. But I've kind of talked them into going in another direction. We, we're going to produce another film that's actually going to have some of the same cast that was in Homewrecker, but it's a different film. It's a comedy about a gay couple that's been together for 10 years, and they become somewhat disenchanted when they, they meet some wealthier friends that are swinging, maybe having an, they're having an open relationship. So this this main central couple decides to try having an open relationship it's it's mostly a comedy but it has some some dramatic turns and um rebecca cochen is going to be in it from the eating out movies she's hilarious and a bunch of other people are attached to it so that's exciting that's next year so it's a sort of sequel (laughs) is it going to be as funny as hot as homeworker um, I think it's funnier. <laughs> the author is uh, Pat Tobin, and Pat Tobin writes some really witty dog. I have a, a really good part, so I'm hoping everything comes together. Um, and, and Peter Shaliga, who played opposite me in Homewrecker, is going to be in it. We're playing a couple again, so it's um. I've worked with Peter um so many times. I worked with him in uh, uh, let me think. It was in on one, two. I've been in three stage shows with him, and um, we worked together so much that um. One time we were in one play together, and we were both a little tired because we'd been doing it for a while. I slipped up. I thought we were doing it one of the other shows, and I started calling him by the other character's <laughs> name on stage. And we both just started laughing. We're like, yeah, this stuff is kind of derivative, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Peter's a great guy. Though. He's a really good actor, really good actor, and I love working with him. And he's also a good kisser, um, although we're not dating or anything, but I mean... I mean <laughs> Just lay out the dirt, lay out the dirt. Let's get it over and done with. No, Peter and I are really good friends. We've done a lot of stuff together, and we've done a lot of promotion together for uh, for Homewrecker way back when, so people tend to think of us as a couple. I actually had a birthday party up in Los Angeles because I don't live right in the central area, and I had it at his house. He hosted it for me. So, again, people came over, and they're like, oh, you two live here? I'm like, no, this isn't even my house. But, you know, which is the best way to have a party, by the way. You should go to somebody else's house. 
and, and, and have it because when you leave, you just say, well, thank you so much, and here's a little gift. You leave, and the house is a wreck, and it's time to go. Yeah, so great, yeah. Homewrecker. Okay. The, the biggest drama we had in that film, to be honest, because we all had so much fun, was um, one, not laughing when we were on camera. If you've ever seen the blooper reel, we just laughed and laughed and laughed. And I, for some reason, the guy, the Dylan Box who plays the lead, just he always laughed when I looked at my face. I'm hoping he thought I was funny. I'm not sure. <laughs> the rest of the time, we were just worried about sucking in our stomachs. There's even, a, I think, a take on the blooper reel where I say, just for the record, I'm sucking in my stomach as much as I can. Because they were always saying, cut, cut, Bruce, come here. I'm like, what? They're like, hold oh, on your stomach a little bit. We're, 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 we're showing your torso. Really? So, um, when you're making a movie, it doesn't matter how much, how great a shape you're in or not really i mean the camera just finds flaws that you never knew existed they're always messing with the lights um when they're when it's a well-lit feature and that one was um, ten, 10 pounds extra huh yeah and any little thing like if, if you got a little bit of a sag into your chin or a little wrinkle or whatever it's gonna see it so they're always lighting to correct so it doesn't you can be you usually for close-ups looking into blinding lights seriously you'll have one on your eyes one in your teeth one to like make this area under your chin go away and you know it's just amazing so i'm <laughs> noticing you're wearing this shirt um that you did some promo shots and i guess maybe one of the scenes from the upcoming uh second yes. season of all dogs new tricks it's wardrobe and i wore it so i could give a shameless plug to season two for old dogs i also wore it to a party just recently and um, i wasn't sure if the food was going to be good i better not say who was hosting it because they're a chef so i'm, I'm not going to say anything so we stopped off at Cantor's, which is this really legendary deli in, in los angeles because they have cocktails and great food and i'm not kidding you this never happens waiters came up the uh, um the the, uh, the um the host came up and somebody else they kept saying nice shirt nice shirt and i'm thinking i'm so glad i stole it you know <laughs> <laughs> you look well, really I borrowed. Um, yeah, this is the, 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 my character is Nelson Vanetti, you know, the snarky guy that always likes to make um, Leon Accord's character Nathan miserable. And I have a, a bigger part in season two, thank God. And um, I wear this in my first scene where I come in and I've been out shopping and I have all these bags. It's, it's, it's quite fun. <laughs> Leon writes really good. Leon Accord writes the dialogue, you know, and he's also the star. He's the creator. So he writes some really good stuff. He wrote some just some wicked stuff for me for uh, season two. And um, I... I am so grateful to be on that show. Um, in season one, they had already shot the pilot and I think a couple episodes with the old dogs. And I just was talking, I met with Lane about something else. We were talking and he said, well, would you want to do a part on this thing? And he was telling me what roles are available. And we both kind of agreed though none of those were really anything that was suited to me. So I figured, eh, you know, maybe later down the road. I get a call from him maybe a day or two later. And he said, how would you like to play a really mean character, a villain, a fun villain? And I'm like, yes, because I never get parts like that. I always get um, parts where I'm actually, believe it or not, really serious or sort of neurotic or I end up killing myself, which happens a lot. So, I, you know, I grabbed the part, and um, <laughs> it was kind of like putting on a whole new outfit. I mean, you know, an extension of maybe my fun self but with a mean, mean side to it, you know? Mm. I don't know. I just I love Nelson. I hope he doesn't go away. <laughs> I, I love Nellie Olson, as I like to say. <laughs> Nellie? <laughs> Nathan? You actually, I think, asked if I'd patterned the character after uh, Nellie Olson, right? Yes, and when I, you were I, on last for Chip for Chat with the cast. 
Yeah, and um, Allison Argram, and she won't friend me on Facebook. I don't know why, but anyway, um, I, yeah, I, I kind of stole the voice, and that's because I played. This is really digressing, but I was doing this murder mystery dinner theater thing. You know, we all do things to make money, right? And in one scene, I, I came out dressed up like Baby Jane Hudson. And I was always messing around with the script on stage, and I decided that instead of it being Baby Jane Hudson, it was Nellie Olson. So the line was, this doesn't make me look too baby... I'm dressed as Glinda, and I say, this doesn't make me look too Baby Jane Hudson, does it? So instead I said, this doesn't make me look too Nellie Olson, does it? And I went, no, Laura Ingalls, you can't come to my party, because you're just a cunt. <laughs> I got into trouble. The producers were really mad because I, I broke it there. I, I got laughs, but they said some people were offended. So, you know, such is life. I love I'm not that. Doing that well, anymore. yeah, theater can be pretty prudish and almost like Project Runway. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. You know, my in theater, right? You know, um, I, I did, I've done a lot of theater in LA, so now crossing over and doing films and things like that, it's um, it's it's really nice. It's 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 a different process, and I, I really enjoy it. I love looking at the other actors and old dogs and seeing how they work. You know, and each one has a different methodology, and I I probably freak them out because I'm always standing behind the camera and studying what they're doing. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, everybody works differently. In particular, I was telling David Pevsner, because I think he noticed I was staring at him. He plays uh, Ross Stein. He's super, super, super subtle, but he's really good at showing how he's feeling without, you know, maybe being like Nelson Van Eddy. So I'm trying to watch that subtlety and see if I can. I was telling him that. I said, I'm actually enjoying your work. I'm trying to, to see if there's any way I can do it. He said, well, I'd rather have your part. But, <laughs> 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 so, you know, the yin and the yang. <laughs> Go figure. I would love so, your part. <laughs> I like my part, too, because, you know, his, he has hair, you know, because it's always, like, glued into place. And, you know, he always has, like, nice clothes and smart lines. Oh, oh yeah, I know what I was going to tell you. We were at, um, I was out with Leon, actually, and Amanda Abel was singing. She's really, really good. She was doing her nightclub act. And some guys were there, and they'd seen one of the shows, and they said, oh, you're that, that mean guy on the, um, that old dog's new tricks thing. And, they were expecting me to say something witty, have like a witty rejoinder. And I looked over at Leon and I said, I don't, I don't know what to say, guys, you know. I'm not really like that character in real life. <laughs> they were so bored. They were like, oh, or, or just like, well, I'm like, I need this guy over here to write me something funny to say to you guys. <laughs> Those lines don't come easy, you know. I was starting to say before we went on camera, though, um, what I was trying to get back into acting, I, there was a period of time where I wasn't doing it. Um, I was willing to do anything. And I auditioned for an um, infomercial on how to file bankruptcy, which is kind of the lowest of low. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to get the lead. I'll play the guy who files bankruptcy. Well, I went in there, and um, if I'm boring you, just tell me to stop. <laughs> it's I, one of those horrible go. auditions where they say, we'll just improv. That's the worst for me, because I'll go on forever. So I did this whole soliloquy bankruptcy. <laughs> and um, he's like, all right, thanks. Well, you know, we'll, we'll be in touch. They had me come back. I had to do it, the thing again. Then they had me come back again, and I had to do it. And it was in this dumb little, like, teeny little office with sh shit everywhere, paper and all that stuff. The third time, I'm just like, oh, whatever. I'm not going to get it. Well, I didn't get the part. Instead, I got the part of the non-speaking bankruptcy instructor who tells the lead how to file bankruptcy in like a two-second scene. <laughs> I took the part, though, and I took the part because 
if you want to act, you have to take the work that's offered, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it was a way back in that that actually came out and people saw it. I don't know if it actually helped my career or hurt it, but, you know, I'm like, hey, I got a part. <laughs> so lesson to you young actors that come out to L.A. and want to be stars right away or get a reality show, it, it, you know, that isn't really how it happens. You know, <laughs> everybody has ups and downs, you know, in their career, and you have to be prepared to kind of, to take what's what's offered or try to turn it into something else. Well, in order to get up in any business, you have to start from the bottom. <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> what was that? I was working in a restaurant one time, and the manager said to one of the waiters who I was working with, he goes, well, now you're on top of things. And the guy said, well, I prefer being on the bottom. <laughs> stuff I wish came more easily to me, you know? <laughs> uh, and, and speaking of bit parts, I just, the other day, I'm a little tired actually, there's a horror movie being filmed about a guy that kills people with forks called Fork You, um, which is, I think, a really funny idea. Um, the producer called me and wanted me to do just a, a bit part. He wanted me to come on as the sheriff. I'm supposed to be this sheriff who comes in and says, what were you kids doing? <laughs> Why were you out drinking? And, and I have a sheriff's outfit on, so it helps out a little bit. I look a little bit more butch. <laughs> the forker <laughs> yeah, comes in with these forks, and he stabs out my eyes, and I go, ah! <laughs> I die. <laughs> it took hours to film that thing. I thought it would, you know, because I only have a couple lines. But oh they had to God. put the prosthetics on, right? So and there's, I think on Facebook there's a couple shots of me with the forks sticking out. Um yeah, I was I was wondering. I, I I was that was my next question. Was the picture from Facebook the one a still shot? And I guess it is. Yeah, it's it's a funny. The producers got a a funny warped sense of humor. It's like one of those ones where you know how in horror movies, the teenagers as soon as they have sex or do anything immoral, they have to die. In this one, they're all perverts and they're all having. Horrible forms of sex. And there's one scene with this woman. She goes, well, I'm on the rag, but we can still do it if you want. <laughs> there's another scene where this woman is having sex with her boyfriend. She's wearing a strap on. <laughs> she says, this is how it feels when you do it to me in the ass. Oh, my God. This sounds like John Waters female. It, it kind of is. And, I, you know, at first when they asked me, I'm like, oh, I wonder, should I do this? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll never get to play a sheriff, you know. <laughs> it's it's pretty weird. <laughs> oh, and um, <laughs> I'm getting prompted to mention that I did a, another web series this year. Um, a segment for uh, there's this series that um my friend Emmett Laverde does where called Free Advice, where these two guys are like beach bums are on the beach, and they it's almost like Charlie Brown where they go out and pay five cents. Only on this one, um, I come up with my wife. I'm playing a straight guy. Yet another departure from Nelson. And um, huh. we have this big argument about whether or not I should spend time with my girlfriend or uh, go to this, this national, uh, watch this, this national um, game on television or drive to it. I actually can't remember the plot now. <laughs> but the whole time I was struggling not to do this that you see me doing, you know, just kind of keep it reined in. But it's amazing. If you don't move around too much and you have a good director and a good camera person, <laughs> they can make your physicality... They can control it, is what I'm saying, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> it does control what the actor's doing to a degree, so. I'm gay. No, I'm not. I'm gay. No, I'm not. <laughs> no? 
I'm not, you know, obviously as an actor, I'm not trying to go out there and convince people I'm a heterosexual to get work. So there's, there's, you know, I just don't care. (laughs) There are others. I know actors. I know some actors that are actually working quite a bit that have worked with me in some projects that don't really want to identify as gay because they're afraid they won't get work. So yeah. Wow. In this day and age. It's, oh yeah, it's, it's still really prevalent. It's much harder to get work. If you're trying to pass yourself off as a lead character who's a romantic lead, heterosexual character, yeah, it's coming out is, oh, I'm, people are going to hate me for saying this, but it can be the kiss of death. I'm, of course, I'm all in favor of being out and, and you know, I'm proud and all of that, but I just some people choose not to, and I think for them, if they don't want to, that's okay. Has it been a hindrance for you going for maybe a spot in a sitcom on cable or regular primetime TV? Um, in the past, yeah. If I'm, For example, like if I'd gone into audition for the sheriff and it wasn't somebody who just specifically offered me the role, yeah, I think it would have been a problem. I've had a couple times where I've gone in to read for things and it's obvious there, I was on. they were on the fence about it and that I'm probably not going to get it. But I would say more and more now I'm getting called in to, for gay-themed projects so it's becoming less of an issue because I'm, I'm you know, playing in that, that arena. Um, I would like to do more mainstream projects. I did one that, you know, I worked a lot this year. God, I was thinking, no wonder why I'm tired. Um, <laughs> I did a remake of Dracula for, for Redbox. Do you know what Red, Redbox is? Yes, I do know what Redbox is. Yeah, it's that, that, that little box outside the 7-Eleven or wherever you live where you can rent videos. And I, I, it hasn't come out yet, but I, I play uh, in a mainstream film there. I'm not, I'm not playing a gay character. I'm playing the manservant. So, um, Did you say you know, manservant? The manservant, yes. <laughs> yes, master. Please explain. <laughs> Dracula has a servant, a servant in this one named Dwight. And um, um, I'm supposed to not give any real spoilers for the film, but... It's a different, it's a modern interpretation of Dracula, and it's shot in a gorgeous house. It's all chrome and uh, glass. It's a mansion up in the hills. And it's, it's, it's near Malibu, but it's up on a hill, so it was, it was really fun. Driving there was terrifying because um, there are these little mountain roads that go round and around, and then there's these irritating bicyclists that are coming down hell for leather, and there's a number of times I thought for sure I was just going to kill somebody. You know, I'm trying to get to the set and be on time, and I'm thinking, hmm, if I kill a bicyclist, do I have to stop, or should I keep going? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. The things I, you do for money. It, 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 exactly. You're driving, and you're really tired. It's like 5 in the morning because the call is at 6, and you're like, I'm going to die up here. <laughs> but it didn't happen. I just recently heard in one of my tech podcasts uh, that I've uh, that I, I listen to on a regular basis that uh, Redbox is actually getting into set-top boxes and or not set-top boxes I guess they are going to get into set-top boxes because they have this uh, online streaming thing they're doing now and oh, okay. is this movie oh. that you're going to be that that you're in is going to be mm-hmm. f- uh, featured in their stream well the online stream streaming services or it's just available in Redbox, the box out, the vending box outside of the 7-Eleven. 
I know for sure it's in the Benny Box. I don't know, probably the streaming too. Peter uh, Stickles is in it. Not to be confused with Peter Shaliga, who I was talking about a while ago. Peter Stickles was in uh, the movie Short Bus. Okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, in that TV series, The Lair, which is about gay vampires. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> I've watched like three episodes of that. That's like the web series, right? Uh, yeah, Peter is wonderful. He's a really, really good actor. And we had to stay in these really creepy motels when we were filming that. And my room, I was... I probably shouldn't even talk about this. My room really freaked me out. And um, the first night there, I went in, and I'm like, I, the, it was all torn up. It was just a cheap place. And they were remodeling the bathroom, and I went in there, and they were like, there was a shower in there, like, you know, sticking out of the wall, right? And right below it was another shower. <laughs> and there were like six faucets. And I'm like, uh, what is this? <laughs> so I called downstairs, and I said, how do I make the shower work? They're like, well, just try all the faucets. And I'm like... Why are there two shower heads? It was just, it was really weird. And I, so I called up uh, Peter Stickles and I said, my room is really freaking me out. I think it's possessed. So, you know, we had double beds in there. And he goes, well, why don't we get out of the bar and have a cocktail? And I said, I'll just share the room with you. So he stayed with me because I was afraid to sleep in the room. Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing went on. But, you know, we're, we're just friends. But <laughs> I suppose I could spin a story there, but there is, I'm like way older than Peter Stickles, number one. And number two, we're just friends, but a really good actor. And he's doing another movie called The Trouble with Barry that's coming out. Um, it stars him, and he plays this crazy television actor that he's off the rails, and everybody's trying to like get him back to the straight and narrow, kind of like Lindsay Lohan's, maybe. <laughs> um, but he's more insane, and he's also homicidal. And um, it's a spoof on 70s uh, television movies. It's, it's really funny. And I, I did a cameo in that, too. I play uh, one half of a couple that's um, a gay couple, of course, that's um, they can't stop arguing. And it's just kind of funny. Um, I hope we don't get cut out. <laughs> well, what was that? Oh, you hope you don't get cut out of. All right. Yeah. Um, Brian Nolan's in it, too. And Brian Nolan plays my partner. Just, oh, really? That's really funny. Yeah. He is. Welcome back. That was Marina and the Diamonds song track title uh, Home Wrecker. 
Lonely Hearts tour edit. And if you didn't get the symbolism behind the homewrecker, uh, the movie that Bruce Hart produced and was in, <laughs> in Marina, um, then you, you're you're not really getting the rest of this podcast. <laughs> um, Marina and the Diamonds, love her. Anyway, Chip for Chat, part two. Here we go with Bruce Hart of All Dogs and New Tricks. Uh, he gets uh, a little more personal with us, and uh, we find out some of his quirks and other films um, and characters that he's played. And uh, he speaks a little bit about the golden rule of acting and being gay in, in theater and in film. Uh, yeah, he spills tea a little bit. Um, and uh, more about his sexuality uh, during his gay youth and um, his thoughts on marriage. So, uh, and also watch him uh, get a little pissy at me. <laughs> Chip for Chat, Bruce Hart, Part 2. Um, my question here to you, um, two of them, um, really quickly, since we're in this um, talking about your films. Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm <laughs> like Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli's always fluttering her hand around. I always touch my face. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I taped it back, and I'm afraid it's going to somehow come forward while we're talking. So, you know, <laughs> I was recently uh, on, on this hang, Google Hangar. Um, I was being interviewed for uh, my friend's blog, and I kept on doing this. So I understand. And, and when I was looking at, at the video, I just I was thinking, like, why are you doing that? Um, <laughs> anyway, so are you into horror? Because, you know, you, you have, you know, Fork You, and then you have Dracula, and... <laughs> And you're okay um, with that? And it sounds like these movies are going to be, you know, there's, you know, comical, but some gore. Yeah, a lot of gore. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like horror. I don't know if I'd want to totally forever do horror, but yeah. I did one years and years ago called The Carrier. That's the, actually the first movie I was ever in. I never talk about it, and I probably won't say much beyond that. Yeah, it's um, not on your um, IMDb profile. <laughs> there's, there's a reason for that. But if you ever do find a copy, and I pray that you don't, um, it's not even my speaking voice. They, You know what ADR is, where they replace dialogue? Somebody yeah. got the brilliant idea of re-recording some of the actors, and I fell to the, uh, just like What's-Her-Face did in um, Tarzan. She got redubbed by Glenn Close. Oh, Andy McDowell. Yeah, I'm, I'm redubbed in that one. Or, or re-voiced, I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah, of a voice like this. <laughs> you had now, two questions yeah my next question is um, you're talking about um, some of the other roles that you've done in the past and uh, they've been neurotic characters and um, I saw some clips of Coupled with Love uh, which I oh, thought really? you were really funny in <laughs> where did you see those? oh my gosh I have forgot about that movie yeah. um, someone on YouTube uh compiled some scenes of movies that you've been on uh, been in oh, okay. okay wow yeah yeah that was um was it emmett okay. i think it was emmett okay it might have been yeah that because that thing got a very limited uh distribution it was kind of on that cusp when people were making movies but there really wasn't any way to deliver them and now there's a much broader mechanism that if that produced that desi Turi did that and he actually Felt the face of the earth, but he produced a lot of stuff. In fact, he produced one of the first films that um, Eva Longoria was in. So, really, claimed, 
bunch of people from Couple with Love, and I can't remember all their names right now, went on to actually bigger and better things. Um, yeah, like one woman works for Tyler Perry a lot. That was so long ago. I can be. I can't even remember the plot. Um, oh, it's a bunch of people in a, an encounter group or, or no group therapy, like you said about their marriages. And then um, there's a gay couple in the middle of it for comic relief, right? So it's all these heterosexual couples and one gay couple. And um, I wasn't the most flamboyant in that one, was I? <laughs> no, you weren't. You were really trying to hide it. Uh, yes, I according was. to your character. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because the guy who played my partner was this like real screamer. Oh my god. And he was good. That was Raymond. <laughs> Do you think he'll ever see this? Because I could tell you a little story about him. Because he's just getting back into acting. He's married with two kids. So. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, he was a little shy about doing the scene. We wouldn't kiss or anything, but it was just, you know, awkward. It was one of his first roles. And, you know, I said, why don't you just come over to my house and we'll, we'll, we'll unwind a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, what's, what we did was we had, uh, I made martinis, and I ordered a pizza, you know, I was like the big brother, and, you know, just so we'd be relaxed, and then we, we ran our lines, and I said, one of the things we could do that might help us feel a little closer, no, just get your mind out of the gutter, um, is we could give each other a long hug, and then we would feel more comfortable with each other. So we did it, and it helped, and then it cost me up a couple of days later, and he said, could we just do that one more time? <laughs> And the re he really he went, he didn't want to hug me one more time, but he wanted to get comfortable, and that was the only way he could get comfortable. So <laughs> I actually really admired him for 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 doing that. I I love your energy. I think you're really cute, also, and and uh, and, and, you, and with that open shirt, you're looking very sexy. And I can just only imagine what was going on during that one moment with him. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I have this rule about it. <laughs> anyway and I'm sure many many others do um, we just we never fool around with other actors god who'd want to date an actor they don't have any money you know <laughs> I know when <laughs> I went to acting school that happened a lot really yeah it was school y'all y'all fooled around <laughs> I didn't no I didn't though the girls I was you know playing aside with they definitely were testing the field can I just tell you, I don't know what it's like now, but I went to school. I have a degree in theater, and I also have a master's in something else. But um, it was really strange. I was actually out in the theater department, and it was way back when. And um, a lot of people weren't. And it was it was a problem back then. It was weird. I remember this now. Um, being out, and um, some people who were actually gay didn't want to be around me because they were afraid it would out them. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And one of those actors recently, he's not an actor anymore, caught up with me and, you know, because we went to college together and suddenly, like, he's my BFF, you know, I'm like, I'm thinking, you were one of the ones who were one of the biggest jerks to me when we were in school. <laughs> why all of a sudden are we, I don't, I've never said that, but I'm thinking, why all of a sudden are we friends? I guess it's the, the passage of time, maybe, you know, and so, social acceptance, something like that. No, yeah, definitely. It's, it's not, you know, people change, I guess. But uh, I had a friend like that also, and now he's a real big theater actor in New York, and he's out, oh. and he's looking to get married. I even saw his profile on OkCupid. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is it anyone I know, or you can't say, right? I can't say. <laughs> okay. But you could run through my 600 friends on Facebook <laughs> and go through the list. <laughs> I don't know if I'm that much of a stalker, but I might. <laughs> A really busy year though. I've just been like, I, and I want to keep plugging stuff, but you know, I've got another film coming out. I got Go Saltwater coming. Saltwater is wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Saltwater hasn't come out yet. 
it just it's coming out on DVD this month. Yeah. Wow. It only it played the festivals. Here's how it works when you make indie movies because it's very hard to find a, a distribution channel. I'm oh. contradicting what I said earlier. There are distribution channels, but it's still tough. So they play the festivals for a year usually, and you hope if you're a producer or an actor, it'll, it'll win an award or something. And if it doesn't, then you just say it played these festivals. <laughs> anyway, and then after it's done the, uh, the, the, the festivals, then they push it out on DVD. And first, if they're smart, they'll do for sale only. So they do, you know, buy the DVD, pay full price. And after that, then it goes to maybe rental. And then finally, as a last gasp, it goes on to streaming or download. And if you're a smart producer, you don't want to download or stream it first because you can't make any money. Mm. And, um, but, but the market's drying up for uh, purchase, purchasing DVDs. So it's a very tough market. And so what happens is the price of the DVDs are getting pushed down. And as a result, that affects the budgets of the films and then it affects the, the actors' salaries. It affects everything. So it's, it's very frustrating to see that, that shrinkage. You know, it's making it tougher and tougher. Yeah. Everyone's getting downsized. <laughs> well, I'll tell you how they fit. Yes, exactly. The way they, they do it is then they compress the shooting schedule. And um, Saltwater, fortunately, we had a fairly uh, lengthy uh, shooting schedule. Still, I've shot some movies where you'll put in 14, 20-hour days. And, um, you know, you can be thrashed by the end of the day. Mm. Yeah. Then they'll say, time for your close-ups. <laughs> like, uh, 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 <laughs> I was sneaking out to my car and drinking, you know. <laughs> Did, go ahead. I'm sorry. Did you ever, when you were young, let's get into more of your background. When you were young, um, and before you came out, did you think of becoming an actor and this is what you really wanted to do? I could see it's your passion now, but was it your, pa you know, was it something from childhood or? And no, not at all. I had no interest in being an actor. Um, I was kind of shy. Uh, I don't. I as long as I can ever remember, as a little boy, I just wanted to get married, get married to another boy, and and they have uh, live in the suburbs because I thought you could do that. I just didn't know. <laughs> Isn't that sad? How old were you when you thought that? <laughs> Kindergarten. Yeah. Wow. I told my mother too, and she said, "Oh, oh, honey, you can't get married." And she says, "But you know that that means um you're you're homosexual," and um. That means that you love another person so much that you want to build a life with them. That's what my mother told me. Isn't that sweet? Oh, that is sweet. I uh, love your mom. Uh, yeah, my mom's just wonderful. And both my parents, my father, too, they're very, very accepting. So I was fortunate I didn't get kicked out of the house. Um, no, what I wanted to do later when I got a little bit older is I wanted to do cartoon voices. And I actually still would love to do that. But there's the, the market that I wanted to go into was like, back in the day when they had like Mel Blanc and June Foray, and they would do different kinds of voices. And they, they, there were a lot of uh, cartoons being made. That isn't how cartoons are made today. Nowadays, it's a big blockbuster Disney film, and they, they need a celebrity voice. So they get Cameron Diaz or somebody like that, you know, and pay them a million dollars. And I'm like, her voice is kind of, you could just get anyone and say it was Cameron Diaz, you know? <laughs> she's not, you know, she's not very distinctive. Um, do you, are you on Facebook a lot? I am. Or, I live on Facebook. Did you see that thing my brother put on my page? You know my brother's a film director, right? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, which which certainly helps when I'm looking for work. Um, I, 20 years ago, or maybe 15 years ago, I called, and he had an answering machine back then. And we used to 
laugh about the Flintstones, and there was a really bad episode, I'm not going to get into the details, a really awful one that we used to joke about. So I called up, and I memorized some of the lines. This is the six stupid things I do. And I left it on his, his answering machine, doing all the voices from that particular scene. Well, he, he saved it, and um, he downloaded it and digitized it. He found the cartoon clip, and he synced my voice from 15 years ago during Wilma, Betty, Fred, and Barney, and um, I don't think I did Gazoo, to that clip and put it on my page. <laughs> I, it was genius. I'm thinking, you know, how far we've come with technology, right? <laughs> I want to see that. Ah, it, it's weird. Is huh? that, it's on your Facebook? It, you might have to scroll down a bit. I think it's from last month. You know, with that new timeline thing, it's harder to, to find stuff. But I actually was kind of proud of that. I thought, oh, wish I, think how much more fun it would be in a way. Because, you know, you just go to the studio. It doesn't matter how you look. You could have curlers in your hair. And you just you record for a few hours. You get a paycheck and you go home. You know? Wow. So what was um, going, growing up gay in Michigan like for you? Okay. Before, well, before, uh, before, and after. <laughs> um, I just never had any issues with being gay. I, I know that seems weird. I I knew enough that it was the times that, like in high school, you really couldn't be out. So I didn't date boys or anything like that. In fact, I took a friend to the prom senior year because it was a disco prom, and I really wanted to go. Um, it wasn't until I got into college, you know, and you're still a teenager in college. I dated a football player in college. It was amazing. Um, that I felt a little bit like I'd been let out of prison because I left my, you know, my hometown, which my hometown really wasn't bad. It was very safe. It was like being in an episode of the Andy Griffith show, you know, and everybody knew everybody, you know, just the most shocking thing is if somebody was seen drinking on the street, um, you know, that kind of thing. I, I don't remember much bullying either. I certainly never got bullied because I was tall for my age, but people just, that is such a foreign thing to me, these uh, poor kids that are harassed to the point where they, you know, they commit suicide or drop out of school, and um, this whole situation with parents—I'm jumping around here—they kick their teenagers out onto the street, underage teenagers out on the street because they're gay. I think the parents should be arrested. <laughs> you know, they're endangering—they're endangering a minor. You know, it's true. They're forcing their kids onto the street to become, you know, prostitutes, drug addicts, and pick up God knows what diseases. It's just to me, and that is a sin. Uh, I'm so grateful I didn't have that kind of upbringing. Um, I think for me, I discovered much more of my sexuality in college, and, and you know, <laughs> certainly was the right time to do it because <laughs> I went to Michigan State, and they had just a very, very open, gay, open gay policy there. There were support groups, and um, wow. you know, I had a lot of different boyfriends. I had many boyfriends, but I always had. A boyfriend. <laughs> I just kept thinking I was going to get married. It's so weird. I don't know why I wasted so much time worrying about getting married instead of just, you know, you know, enjoying life. But that was me. Oh, we're a couple now. Oof. Now that doesn't sound very appealing, you know. Speaking of marriage, um, have you, were you, did you, were you ever successful in getting married? And um, I was in a relationship for a long time in California, and I, we lived we lived together. So, so I guess you could say we were married. We didn't have a ceremony or anything like that, but we had a committed relationship. Mm. And now, now they call it a committed partnership. It's so weird. I had some young kid tell me, "Oh, I hate that word, lover." He said, "That's just like so. It just really denigrates the whole community." And I'm thinking, "Oh, like you're like 12 and you speak for the whole community." 
So I gave him a lecture. I said, you know, the origin of lover, right, was to distinguish us from uh, the, the heterosexual community, which was discriminating against us. So we chose that because it was kind of in your face. This is the person I make love with. This is the person I love. And then I said to him, if you go back to some, by now he was probably half asleep, but if you go back to the old standards like Deep Purple and some of those songs, they use the word lover. It's the same damn thing, you know? Anyway, I'm, I'm sure he just walked away thinking I was a raving lunatic, but, you know, get to know, get to know your history, dude, you know? <laughs> it's people like us that made it possible for you. Yeah, uh, partners. <laughs> this is my... Well, now, of course, in some states, we can get married, so, you know, I, I don't know. Don't even get me started. That's just, like, weird. So, not not marriage, but just the fact that it's only in some states, you know? So are you, so are you single now? Um, I would like to say that I am uh, in like right now with someone, so... Aw, you just crushed our hearts. <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I certainly don't want to embarrass the other person. So um, we're having a very casual dating experience where we can also see other people. Oh, good. Good for you. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Um, Who would have thought this old troll could find somebody, right? Well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> old troll, you're, you're too hard on yourself. Um, I was fishing. You're supposed to compliment me at this point. Well, that's what I was about to do, but like you're like nonstop chatterbox here. <laughs> you're you are fifty, aren't you? Aren't you or forty nine? How old are you? Dude, my internet age is forty three. <laughs> <laughs> what did they say? You should never ask a lady her age. The same thing applies to gay men. <laughs> Well, not me. <laughs> How about another question? <laughs> well, you look so freaking good for your age, and you're calling yourself an old troll. And I, I would, I think, you know, if anyone was listening and goes back to the archives of the Oral Fix podcast, I think you revealed your age there. <laughs> Maybe I did. <laughs> Let's not give them any more hints and clues, fancy group. <laughs> I want to be able to continue to get work. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. In this new film I'm doing next year, I'm a 43-year-old, and I've been in a relationship with somebody for 10 years. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it... See, even I... <laughs>
Welcome back. That was The Tough Alliance, A New Chance, the Juan McLean remix. I love Juan McLean and The Tough Alliance. I just, I stumbled upon them as usual on uh, on SoundCloud. And um, I think, I mean, I'm not really good at listening to lyrics because sometimes I get them wrong because I sometimes, you know, like this one, it, it's a, a new, I, I think they were saying a new uh, romance and it sounded too much like romance and it's supposed to be a new chance. I, I don't know, but I just, you know, I thought you guys might be interested in it because it was Juan McLean and Juan McLean makes really great electronic music. Check him out, uh, his album, LCD System, uh, Sound System. And um, I, 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 I swear to you, you, if you like to dance and you like electric music, uh, you'll love the LCD sound system. And you probably like this track, too. Anyway, let's get into uh, the third and final part of the interview with Bruce Hart. I would like to thank from the bottom of my heart, uh, Bruce Hart, for his patience throughout this whole time um, in getting this interview out. And for his time and effort uh, on being here on the show, he was very excited to be on the show. And um, I'm sure I disappointed him when I couldn't get the show out on time. So forgive me. I love you, Bruce Hart. (laughs) Bruce uh, gets um, uh, a little more open with us in this part. And he reveals his Zodiac sign as well as his genetics. And what kind of guy he really is off screen. And then we get into like this whole like end of the world scenario, um, which I spoke about earlier in the podcast. And and mind you, again, I have to uh, make this uh, clear for the record. This was pre-recorded uh, on December uh, 2012 before uh, the so-called end of the world scenario. Um, <laughs> and so, um, let's hear more about his career, Bruce's, Bruce Hart's career and, uh, some of his thoughts on animation and his guilty pleasures. Okay. So, well, you asked me two questions about my cancer and what my ethnic background is. And, um, I am a cancer. Mm-hmm. You asked me what my horoscope sign was. My, uh, I'm a cancer, <laughs> but I'm nothing like my sign. I'm a home. I'm not a homebody. I, um. I'm an extrovert. I like to go to parties. Um, I never cook dinner at home just like a cancer would. I'm, if I'm going to host a dinner, I'm going to have it in a restaurant just because there's alcohol and, and, and there's no cleanup. I'm, I'm very different than, than all, all this, the, the signifying things about cancers. Um, ethnic background? Um, my mother is English. My father is Scotch. So um, I guess that makes me a super, super wasp, huh? <laughs> I guess it does. You know, one of my guesses was going to be, um, one, first of all, I didn't know you were going to be a cancer. And I think this is probably a question I did address in a previous episode. But um, cancer and, you know, the English and, and waspiness. And no, you don't look like a wasp. And I probably would have guessed something like German and maybe some Swedish in there. Because... Yeah. That's interesting. You do have this youthful appearance to you, and you're, uh, and it looks like you come from a line of fine genetics. Uh, if <laughs> I'm being superficial here now, 
I don't look like my dad at all. My father's um, from Scotland, but he's there's two kinds of people in Scotland. They're either like really white with translucent skin or they're darker. My father tends towards the darker side. My mother is very English. She looked, especially when she was much younger, she looked a lot like the Mary Poppins in the drawings for P.L. Travers, the book, you know, very high cheekbones, very striking woman. So it, it's interesting to see how the genetics combined and how they made, my father's dark, you know, dark hair, uh, really full thick head of hair too, unlike me. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, my mother was fair and somehow or other, he must have had a recessive gene for fair because I came out, you know, blonde and blue, which is very unusual, you know. So, so what are you like in real life? Are, are, are you, I mean, it, to me, I, I'm getting the sense that you're just as funny because like off camera, you're hilarious. And, <laughs> and you in in most of the the movies that you've been in and, and I've gone through which is okay I've gone through some clips of the reckoning movie couple oh, couple yeah. with love honey I'm home salt water and homewrecker mm -hmm. besides the reckoning movie everything else is just funny yeah I, I tended to do to, to more comedy I think it just because um that's how people see me and, and I think I have a good sense of comic timing but in a movie, it doesn't really matter anyway, because if you don't, they can cut it and give you a sense of comic timing anyway. Um, no, I think I'm a little more serious in person. I tend to be very business-focused. I'm super serious about my career, so um, I have real issues with people that aren't punctual or on time or if things aren't absolutely buttoned up, you know, you know, and if, if a light is out, out of kilter. Even in old dogs, I, I'm not a D or anything, I don't mean like that, but I'm certainly going to make suggestions about where we might put the camera when we're getting a two-shot or things like that. So I, I think I'm actually more serious, but the thing about me is that I really enjoy being alive, you know what I mean? I really enjoy life, so nothing is so serious, at least in my life, that I can't find a, find a way to laugh at it. I mean, we had some awful things, tragedies happened in the news in the past few weeks, so I mean, there are really awful, sad things, but for me right now, life is pretty good, and it's been a phenomenal year in terms of, of work, so I just feel very blessed. And, and I, I have to, to, to plug something. I'm on another show. I'm, I'm on a show called Boys Town, which is a reboot of an old TV series. And it's only in Canada right now. And um, they just added me, and I play another mean character. But it's nothing like Nelson. I'm very cold, very dialed back. And um, the, the show Boys Town is really about the young boys. It's like a, a soap opera, like 90210, you know. It's really funny. Um, and the boys are really cute too, so that part's. But I play this 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 mean kind of um, cold uh, porno producer who's trying to t trick these guys into into appearing in in my pornography. So it's it's a very different role, yeah. Cute boys. <laughs> yeah, I, I always say things like, "Hi, boys, how are you?" But it's not like Nelson at all. He's like he's very very controlled, and um, I wanted to make sure there was a huge distinction because. While Nelson's kind of snarky and a villain, he's a comical villain. This guy has to have a sense of menace. So it's a good acting challenge for me to make sure I channel that and don't go go in another direction, you know? And since it's in Canada, uh, do people in the U.S. Uh, can watch it on regular U.S. channels or Netflix or YouTube? Um, I think you can get it off of an application called Out TV for the Internet, and you can certainly buy the DVDs because they're going to sell them. So it, it's a fun show. I'm really grateful to be in it. And it's people were saying, "Well, how can you do two shows at once?" And I'm like, "Well, the schedules are different for one thing, and you know we've already shot all of Old Dogs 
for, for the next season. And, and two, I mean, Heather Locklear did it right. She was on Dynasty and she was on DJ Hooker. So, <laughs> so why can't I, right? You can so do anything know. with a face like that. <laughs> oh, stop. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, how do you do all this stuff? I'm, Aren't you tired? And I'm like, God, yes, I'm tired. I'm tired all the time, you know. There are times when I'm driving to the set, I'm afraid I'm going to wreck the car, you know. Or I'm thinking, how on earth are they going to make me look presentable? I just look like a hag. I'm so tired. Um, but, you know, you just drink a lot of coffee and focus on the work, right? Just because you have to want to work. Mm. I'm sorry, I'll let you talk. No, no, it's good. Yeah, you have to work. And, and, and you have to show people that you work. And, you, it, for, you know, somehow it has to show through your face unless you're a supermodel who gets pampered all the time or some high-paid right. actor. <laughs> You have to be picky about how your photographs, and sometimes I haven't been, and I've been disappointed when I'm in a project or something where I'm just not very well lit. But um, the, uh, one more thing I want to say is Old Dogs is we have phenomenal production values, especially for season two. It's a the blowout. It's ten episodes. And um, I can't really get into the details because I'll be giving spoilers, but well yeah. shot, well, I'm sorry, well lit, great makeup, great costumes. And think about the guest stars for season two. There's uh, Greg Luganis. There's Terry, um, not Terry Hatcher, um, Terry Garber from Dynasty, um, Ian Buchanan, Tom Beards. I mean, I, I was on the set one day and I was just thinking, they're all here, you know? Why didn't I bring my autograph book you know, or something? And it was stupid. And I didn't walk around and get my picture taken with anyone. Oh. Was like, I know. Just like, oh, yeah. And it was funny, too. I was on the set, and somebody said, would you go over and ask, I think it was Ian Buchanan, if I can get my picture taken with him. Some, some, They were like an extra. I said, why don't you go ask yourself? They're like, well, you know him. I'm like, we don't even have any lines together. No, I don't. We just showed up today. <laughs> don't you think that's funny? I mean, there's this assumption that there's this universe where we all kind of know each other, and we all, you know, oh, hi, how are you? Let's go to it. That's not how it is at all. You know, everybody has their own little microcosm of their life. So, yeah. I have another, I have another two questions. I should just call Chip for Chat two questions at a time. <laughs> um you know, you were talking about working so much and, and, you know, we talk on Facebook every now and then and, um, you know, you shared some of your ongoings in your life and, and, um, I'm thinking, you know, all throughout, um, up until now into, into this interview, I was thinking to myself, you know, what drives this guy on a day to day basis? I mean, I can't believe it. I mean, I went on to IMDB. I looked at um, the projects that you worked on and that you're currently working on, and you just completed something called Free Advice, and mm-hmm. and then you wrapped up, you know, season two of All Dogs New Tricks, which on a low budget, I know it's hard. So, mm-hmm. what motivates you every day? I mean, besides your passion, like what what inspires you to just keep on going? You know, the thing is, is the work could go away at any moment. So, you know, Betty White always grabbed all the work she could get, too, and I kind of feel the same way, and I'm certainly not in her league, but you know what I mean. Grab the work while it's there because, it, you know, it might not be there. The moment you stop being visible, you're irrelevant in this world. That is true. And is there anything that you regret doing in your career? Uh, wow, what a, what a question. That's a good question. Do I regret doing anything? I'm like, no, not really. I don't think so. I mean, I've done some stink bomb plays. If 
But the best thing about plays is they become a memory. <laughs> you know, yeah. You do them. It's also sort of fun to be in a bad play, or even sometimes in a bad film. It's just sort of like the, the inherent awfulness of it. What did David Pevsner say? To quote him, he was in that Liz and Dick movie that starred Lindsay Lohan playing Elizabeth Taylor. He said, I finally achieved the closest I will ever get to being in Valley of the Dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Funny? <laughs> yeah, I do think that's funny. <laughs> I was so impressed. I sent him a note. I said, "You are. Oh, I'm so stoked. I can't wait to see it." And he goes, "Well, don't blink or you'll miss me." But that's not true. He had a fairly. He had a, played the doctor in one scene. He was good. I love so. David Pisner. Um, I think he's hot. Also, I think all of you guys are hot. Um, are you guys naturally attracted to older men? I mean, I'm not. I don't want to hear about the other guys. I, I want. Actually, this question is for you. Are you attracted to older guys? And if not. I wow. You, you well, feel- as you said, I I am an older guy, so it's interesting. And when I was younger, I actually dated a lot of older men, and I kind of wish I hadn't. I would, that's my regret. I wish I dated more men my own age. <laughs> Just because, you know what happens is the demographic. You still like that same age, but as you get older and get closer to it, I find there's men my age that are not interested in men my age because they want younger men. I think I'm answering the question. I find some younger men attractive. There's, it's just there's a, a cutting off point or a fiscal cliff point. You can't date somebody who's 25 if you're, you know, 15 or so years older than them. You don't really have anything in common. There's a disparity in your interests, in your life experience, in your income, all of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Some people make it work, but um, it's not for me. I much prefer people my own age. That that's. That's where I'm at. I, I could appreciate a hot young guy, you know. I certainly think all the guys on, on the set of old dogs are, are, are attractive. But, um, yeah. Hmm. I think I've answered the question. Yes, you did. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> and now, what are you looking forward to doing in the future with your career? Are, do you want to do a little more TV or do you want to break into... Uh, let's say a show on Logo TV. <laughs> well, um, you know, I think Voice Talk might end up on Logo, actually. Um, I never really think in terms of the channel or the outlet or where it's going, but I think in terms of the project, you know what I mean? Um, I think I'd like to do more television. I would certainly like to do more episodic television. I'd love to do um, some more mainstream work just because, you know, it gets more visibility and then that leads to getting more work. One thing I would really like to do, besides this film that I'm going to be in next year, I'd like to see Old Dogs, and Leanne and I have talked a little bit about this, I'd like to see that become a film. I think it would make a really good indie film. So um, I kind of keep keep doing what I'm doing, and maybe at some point find a way to do cartoon voices, because I do a really good Betty Rubble. (laughs) So you're really into this anime, and what type of cartoons would you like to do if you did? voice I can do anything I can do um I, when I did the murder mystery thing and I don't want to get into it but I did like a, a whole I had they wanted me to I stepped in I took over for an actress I she was playing a spoof on Andorra so I did Andorra I'm not going to do it here but I got the voice in it oh Samantha you know that thing and then um but then this character does all these other characters and I so I did Yosemite Sam and all these other things and I realized oh I can do all these voices you know and I kind of wiped up the stage everybody was laughing and I'm thinking oh they're laughing because of me <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so one last thing, and, and you know, I'll, I'll let you plug in anything shamefully that you want to plug in um, in terms of contact information and everything. My last question to you, 
would be um, if it w- you know if the end of the world did happen mm. in the next mm. three days. And hopefully, you know, I can post this by then. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Um, mm. What would be your 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 last thing that you would love to do? Oh gosh, uh, it's not even acting related. I'd just like to hang out with my brother. I just love my brother. He's so much fun. And we write scripts together and work on projects together. I'd probably want to like sit down and watch like a rerun of Laverne and Shirley or something like that. <laughs> Maybe get drunk. My brother has the same sense of humor as me, and we're just, we're, we're like friends, as well as being brothers, and, you know, we get all the weird little jokes, and we have little isms that we pull out of things. You know, you have probably friends like that, too, where you, you say a little phrase, and it triggers something, and you start laughing, so for sure I'd want to hang out with him, but it's not going to end on Friday, for God's sakes, you know? No, I don't mm. think so, either. So, <laughs> so, so, so we're going to live on, and we're going to live on with our guilty pleasures. Wait, that's a good question. What, do you have any guilty pleasures? Yes. Or TV. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Go Lifetime ahead. Channel, Lifetime Channel movies. Uh, reruns of the new old Christine. God, I love that show. I love it so much. Um, and my two favorite vices are cashews and a vodka martini. Sometimes I have them for dinner. Yeah. Mm. You can save calories that way. You know, a, a meal might be 700 calories, right? But if you just <laughs> have a can of cashews and a martini or two, you're still under your, your daily allowance. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, Bruce, thank you for, yeah. for your time. Um, is, no, how, thank you. Do you have a website that people can um, get you at or follow you or a fan page? Um, nope. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I don't post too often, but a lot of times the projects that are I'm in, they, they kind of go in and post for me. Um, but you're more than welcome to friend me on Facebook. I just have one page. I don't have a fan page because I don't actually feel like fan pages are for people. I, I don't feel like I've done enough to actually be worthy of a fan page. That That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So so just be my friend on Facebook, and we can talk. And it's it's always good to talk to fans. And if, if I become friends with somebody and they become kind of strange, we can unfriend each other, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope unfriend me after this interview <laughs> no way you're too hot to unfriend <laughs> oh stop that you're the cute one you guys can't see him but he's oh wait they will be able to see you right yeah they will be able to see me he's cute look at that beard my god mm. <laughs> yeah, you remind me of like um a younger sexier uh member of the village people don't be insulted by that oh my god really yeah <laughs> actually when i was growing up you know out and queer at the age of 16 i looked up to the village people <laughs> oh, I'm friends with Randy Jones. He's he's adorable. He's just a wonderful man. Yeah. Who? Randy Jones, the cowboy. Randy Jones. Okay. Yes. Name dropping. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, listen. Thank you so much. I had it was a pleasure talking with you, and I hope you get something decent out of this interview. <laughs> I, I'm. Sh- I, I I I think I have the sauce and the meat. <laughs> well, I hope you have a nice holiday, and I'll look forward to chatting with you very soon. Thank you. I hope you have a great holiday as well. And um, I can't wait for season two of All Dogs New Tricks to start. And I'm going to link everything underneath the uh, descriptions on YouTube. And there'll be show notes and there'll be lots of pictures of you, all the hot pictures. 
<laughs> Lots of pictures of those hot guest stars. Seriously, they're they're Ian Buchanan and Greg are are, are hot boys. Oh, and Tom Beard too. I mean, they're they're just awesome guys. So and muscular. Oh, and Doug Spearman. Forgot Doug Spearman's in it. Yes, they're all hot. <laughs> and you're on LA time. And thank you very much. <laughs> Good night, honey. <laughs> See you later. Good night. Bye. All I wanna get is a little bit closer. All I wanna know is, can you come a little closer? Here comes a friend before we get a little bit closer. Here comes a rush before we touch. Come a little closer. The doors are open, the wind is really blowing. The night sky is changing overhead. Welcome back. And that was Tegan and Sarah. Closer. Love me some Tegan and Sarah. April's right around the corner and their new album is going to be released. So if you are a fan of Tegan and Sarah, you have their new album to look forward to. The name of that album, I do not know. You better Google it. All right. So that's the end of the show. Thank you very much for watching and listening <laughs> and thank you um again for um supporting uh the podcast especially you robbie robbie becker um who is the i think according to the facebook analytics um on facebook uh robbie you're our are the oral fix podcast number one fan <laughs> and thank you to my friends also who are supporters um for listening and continuing to knock on my door and you know interested in whether or not the podcast was going to go through or if it was a done deal uh without your support and your love uh energy i i really wouldn't be here doing this so um for those of you who are interested in knowing what more is uh, going to be happening here on this show. Um, I, you know, I'm going to keep the show just the same way, uh, except that we're going to have video now. And I think video is just going to be um, a sprinkle here and there. I want to reserve it mostly for chit for chat. But you never know, maybe next episode is going to be video, maybe it won't. <laughs> so uh, I, I do want to let you know that I will be having some uh, more guests 
that you know and some you don't know. And I'm going to run down the list here a little bit. Uh, we have Jen Sergo, who is Tyler Clementi's cousin. Uh, she's still interested in doing the show uh, and being on here for chat, for chat, and we're going to bring her on. Uh, also, Leona Cord, the creator and executive producer of the Old Dogs and New Tricks series. And he will be on the show soon, hopefully before their season ends. So we can grill him on, on what's going on with the show and why he did that and why he did this. And you'll see. Um, <laughs> uh, Philip Banu, he's going to be on the show. He's a photographer and a friend of mine on Flickr. And he does a series of uh, superheroes like from DC and Marvel Universe. Um, and he, he photographs like random people who, um, off the street who he think, uh, embodies these, um, superheroes and he portrays them in like a, either a sexy erotic fashion and manner or, uh, a very, um, uh, candid, um, like, you know, an everyday normal guy, you know, superhero kind of like kick-ass. <laughs> uh, Sion Falana and Anton Kawasaki, who are a gay a gay couple uh, and photographers as well, uh, will be on. And Dale Lazaroff is going to be making a comeback on the show to talk about his new endeavors, as well as Tom Naples of Ten with Tom, a friend of mine and, and blogger and also interviewer of uh, today's iconic electro pop. Um, groups, musical groups that are out there. So uh, he is going to be on the show. And some, you know, more porn actors. I'm not going to give away all my bags of tricks because I think I gave one away already. (laughs) And uh, so tune in. Keep supporting. A big way of supporting the podcast is to write in feedback or call it in. You can write it in to oralfixpodcast at gmail.com, or you could call it in at 646-504-3491. And you can leave it anonymously, or you can leave your name. Um, You know, if you have a joke to tell, go right ahead. Uh, Give us a joke. And um, you have to be willing to uh, let me use uh, your feedback uh, on the show as well. So, again, you could leave it anonymously, or you can leave it with your real name. Or you could record, if you can, your MP3 and email it to me. Uh, Just keep it short as possible and clear as possible so I can air it. What else? Um, You can also support the Oral Fix podcast by liking on Facebook or Google+. Plus or on soundcloud.com, or on iTunes, and as well as Stitcher. And share. Share the podcast with anyone who you, you think would love to hear uh, the content that I'm he- giving you guys here on the Oral Fix podcast. What else? Um, I think that's pretty much it. You know, Or you could donate. <laughs> I'm always willing to take a donation just because this is an out-of-pocket expense at the moment and it does cost money to run the Oral Fix podcast and website. 
So um, thank you again for all your support. Please follow the Oil Fix podcast on Twitter, on Facebook, and Google Plus, and all these other places that I have mentioned. And you can find out more information about the Oil Fix in the credits to come. If you're watching, <laughs> that's that's right. You can watch on Vimeo and YouTube. So thank you again, and I'm going to leave you off with some Caswell. Watch my map, the Josh Peace and the Information Society Extended Remix of 2007. Take care, y'all. Until next week, keep on fixing. <laughs>